Well, let's go ahead. We'll get into the word tonight. And um, we'll have been talking on this for the last couple of weeks, um, looking at the armor of God. And it's so important for us to know the armor of God. And um, we, we've been looking like this last couple of weeks, we've looked at the devil because the Bible tells us here, read it out in a second, that we need to understand our enemy and we need to be able to deal with the wiles of the devil. Uh, we need to know how crafty he is, how cunning he is, uh, how sly he is. And we'll see as we start looking at these parts why we looked at him first. Because we need to know what he's like. We need to know how he operates. We need to know that he's the accuser of the brethren. We need to know that, you know what, that's the way he, he goes about doing things. That he puts doubt on everything that he says. He takes statements of God and he makes them into a question of doubt. That's what he does. You know, he, he, with, Jesus, with Jesus, the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. The devil turns around and says, if you be the Son of God. He took a statement of God. Number one, he knocked a part, the first part of it off. You know, this is my beloved Son. You need to know that you're loved of God. And the devil doesn't want you to know that you're loved of God. And then what he'll do is he'll try and focus in. Instead of, instead of you knowing that you're loved of God... Because we're beloved as well because we're in Jesus. Amen. And the Bible tells us that we're loved. And Jesus is the beloved son. But praise God, because we're saved, we're also beloved. Amen. But you know what? With Jesus, the devil, how he operated, he came and he said, you know what? If you be the son of God. So he took a statement and he made it into a question of doubt. Because that's the way he operates. He's sly, he's sneaking, sneaky, he's cunning. And the reason he's able to do all of that is because the Bible said when he was created, he was created full of wisdom. And so he knows how to take wisdom and, and, uh, and pervert it. He knows how to take um, statements of God and twist them because he's twisted himself. And he, he can quote the scripture, but he always adds to it or takes from it or he miss. Um, interprets it, he twists it, he puts a slant on it, and um, you have to know him. But thank God we, we looked at him this last couple of weeks because we don't want to be ignorant, the Bible, the Bible says, of Satan's devices. And the Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And the Bible also says people are brought into captivity for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge keeps people in ignorance and then it gives the devil room to torment them gives the devil room to accuse them to have them so to speak wrapped around his wee finger but when you have knowledge you can turn around and say uh -uh, I know my God amen that's not what the word says Amen. So that's why we've been looking at, looking at this, um, looking at the armor of God. But let me just read this. It says, finally, my brethren, it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tactics, the schemes, the methods of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, people are not our problem. The devil may use people, but they're not our problem. They're not our enemy. People are not our enemy. We're to love people. Okay, um, It says, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's just talking about Satan's kingdom and Satan's order. And Satan is a spiritual entity and he has a spiritual kingdom, but he, he influences people. 
Um, and so really, people are not our enemy. Satan, the Bible says, is our enemy. And then um, verse 13, then it says here, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. But tonight, what I want to look at tonight, I'm going to look at the belt of truth tonight, whereas it says back there, it says, um, um, having your loins geared about with truth. Now, let me just show this image here just for a moment. Because that lets you, gives you an image of what, of what the Roman soldier looked like. You remember, Paul was um, in prison at, at this time whenever Ephesians was written, and he knew all too well what Roman soldiers um, look like, you know, and really, we're not putting on armor per se. It is putting on armor. You put on the armor of God, but really it's putting on a person because Romans 13 said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. But I want you just to get a visual of this because Paul is seeing these soldiers and he's, he's getting, you know, understanding from God of how we deal with the enemy and how we're meant to dress ourselves. And so it talks about the belt of truth, but I just want you to see in that image there, that's the way a belt was. It came round there, and it had this part that came down at the front of the belt. And that was to do with protection. I'll bring it out here in a second, but I just want you to see a visual of that. Because that's what the armor looked like. And then on that there, they had a sheath where they could put their sword. They could also hang their shield on that as well. Whenever, you know what, the, the soldiers were standing or waiting or doing whatever, you know what, half of the cost, of, you know, they, they could take a break. And, you know, um, for us, we need to be dressed in the whole armor of God. And I'm going to start taking up each individual piece um, over the next couple of weeks. But I want to look at tonight, and I won't get through this all tonight, but I want to look at, as I said, at the, at the, um, the belt of truth. And it talks about having the belt around your loins, okay? Now, when the Bible talks about your loins, okay, let me, let me just bring out a couple of things. And I'm not going to go into detail on all of these here because I have a lot of scriptures here. But I just want to kind of describe that area, how the Bible describes it. So uh, first, thing, first thing the Bible brings out here, you can see here down in verse um, um, 27, um, Ezekiel 1 verse 27 there, where it talks about, this was a description of God, this was a vision of God, but it talks here about um, the part there where it says here, from, from the appearance of the loins even upward, and from the appearance of the loins even downward, okay? And what it's showing here is the loins is this area of your body, okay? And it includes all of this area of the body, and I'm going to bring a couple of things out about that. Um, so it's talking about the midsection, okay? And, and when you look at the belt of truth, you're going to see that it's, it's like the, the thing that pulls everything together. Without the, this belt, I mean, you won't be able to put on any other part of this armor because it is the foundation piece of the armor, okay? And it's, it's like described as the core part. Um, the belt, um, look over in um, Matthew there, 3 and verse 4. 
This was talking about um, John the Baptist, and it says, And, and the same John had, had his raiment of camel hair and a leather girdle about his loins. And so again, you see, it's where you put a belt, okay? Just like we would wear a belt. It's not area, this midsection of our body. When it talks about Elijah as well here in um, 2 Kings 1 and verse 7, and it says here, let me just look at verse 8. It says, And they answered him, He was a hurry man, and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. Okay, so it's letting you know again, and that's where a belt goes, which is understandable. You know, we all wear belts and things like that. Then um, in 2 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 8, it talks here as well about the belt. And I'm just bringing out phrases. I don't want to get into any of the stories or anything here. But it says here, just down further in that verse, it says, upon it a girdle with a sword fastened. Okay? So it's showing it's a, it's a sword fashioned um, upon his loins in the sheath thereof. So what it's talking about is a belt here. It's talking about a sword on it. And that's when it's talking about a belt in the Bible. It's talking, that's what it's describing. And, a, and your loins, that's what it's describing. It's around this midsection. You know, when I think about a, a belt and, a, and a, a, you know what, a sword, I always think about when I was a child, because I had a dagger on me all the time. Whenever I was a child, you couldn't do it now. But I always had daggers. I used to put them on my um, belt. And it, it was in a wee sheath. And uh, you know what? And it wasn't up to any badness or anything. That was for, do you know what? Um, yeah, I'll tell you that anyway. That was for cutting down branches and sharpening branches. We used to try and make bow and arrows and all of those kind of things. Like It's called having a childhood. You know, many people don't know about that today. And then one of the dangerous things that we used to do is we used to keep play a game called splits. Yeah, splits. We'd be standing there with knives and you'd be throwing the knife at people. You think about it. In your front garden. And nobody bothered an eyelid. You know, mum would have just come out and said, you know what, I have a pizza on for you or something. And, you know, there wasn't like, what are you doing with a dagger? You know, why is it so close to your feet? <laughs> but again, that's an image of that. And it's talking again about a, 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 a belter with a sword. Isaiah 20 and verse 2. It brings out here that on all thing about the loins as well in the Bible is that if your loins are uncovered, it's t- you're, you're naked. Okay, it reveals nakedness. And you can see there um, where it says there, it says, Go and loose the sackcloth from off thy loins and put off thy shoes from thy feet. And he did so walking naked and barefooted. So... It also includes, uh, you know what, the private area, okay? <laughs> so, when you're talking about your loins, it's talking about the, your privates as well, okay? And that's why in the Bible it talks about fruitfulness and loins. So when you see, like, you know, um, with Jacob here in, in um, Genesis 23 and verse 11, it talked there about kings shall come out of your loins at the end of that verse. Or verse, what is it? Verse 35, uh, 11, okay? Genesis 35 and verse 11. It says, And kings shall come out of thy loins. Um, 1 Kings 8 and verse um, 19, talking about, you know, um, from King David, from him would come Solomon. Solomon would build the, the temple. And it says, Thy son that, thou shall, that shall come forth from thy loins, he shall build the house unto my name. So, again, it's talking about fruitfulness there as in 
um, being productive. So your loins, you know, it's the midsection, which includes, you know, your reproductive area. And it's talking about fruitfulness. And you know what? You want to be fruitful as a Christian. And that's why you have to have this belt in place right from word go. It's part of your fruitfulness. With, with Jesus, the Bible let us know in Psalms, um, or not Psalms, Acts chapter 2 and verses 29 and 30, it lets us know that from David's loins would come the Messiah. So um, Jesus in the flesh came down through the line of David. Okay, but the, the way it describes it is from his loins. Um, when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek in the book of Hebrews there, it talks about how that, you know, that the priesthood was still in Abraham's loins. So it's shown fruitfulness. What would come down through the line through him? Down through his line, down through his seat. And so when it talks about the loins, it talks about reproduction. It talks about that um, reproductive system that we have. So it's an area that needs to be looked after is what it's showing. And that's why I showed you that image a moment ago, because when you seen with that belt, it had those strands that, that hung down on the, um, the Roman soldier's belt. And that was to protect them. It would be like today, you know, whenever somebody plays a, a sport, they wore a, a cup. Okay, that allows them to be protected. Like, you know, if you play football or, you know, if you do um, MMA, which Tyler likes watching that MMA fighting. And, you know, and you will see all of the guys come out and they have, you know, protection on because you're going to get hit. And so you need that layer to protect. And so that belt was around the midsection. You could put your, your sword on it. You know what? You could hang your shield on it. But it also protected you so that you could be productive. Okay? And so that's, that's key when it comes to this. And you had to be protected in that area just in the Old Testament. Because I'll just throw the, these couple of things out. Just because it talks about your private area. It talks about your loins. All of those kind of things. This is a great. You came on a great night. <laughs> I, went, I went to church tonight. We didn't hear this scripture. <laughs> This was talking about in the Old Testament that, you know what, it talked about people who couldn't come into the congregation of the Lord, okay? And it says here, Deuteronomy 23 and verse 1, it says, He that is wounded in the stones, you see, take, take that scripture, <laughs> or had his privy member cut off, <laughs> shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Thank God, you know what, we don't live in the Old Testament. You know what, you know, people were injured. They, you know, they weren't able to come forth. But thank God for Jesus. All of the Old Testament keeps showing over and over and over again man's imperfection. That's what the law was given for. The law didn't save anybody. It, it showed up all of our flaws and weaknesses. But thank God Jesus is our perfection. That's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. That Jesus is better. Um, and Leviticus as well, when it talked about the, the priesthood, Aaron's sons, and offering sacrifices and things like that. You know what, Aaron's sons, any of his sons that had blemishes and different things, they, could, they were disqualified from the priesthood. 
you know, you, you look at this here and it, it talks about, you know, you go right down all of these blemishes from, from uh, uh, verse tw- um, 18, a blind man, a lame man, or he that has a flat nose. I'll have no problem with that. Look at the size of that nose. I'm all right. <laughs> verse 19, or, or a man that has a broken foot or a broken hand or crooked back or a dwarf um, that hath a, a blemish in his eyes or scurvy or scabs. Or it says, or <laughs> these are some scriptures, aren't they, tonight? Or has his, stone, his stones broken. And I'm just showing people need to be protected in that area. It talks about all of these areas in the Word of God. And it's, it says, there, no man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron or the priest shall come nigh to offer um, uh, the, or offer the offering of the Lord made by fire. He that hath a blemish, he shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. Do you know what? In the Old Testament, there was a lot of people who were disqualified from these things. But do you know what? In the New Testament, thank God, every single one of us who are saved, we're a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. Amen. Jesus qualified every single one of us. But again, you see that you couldn't have you know what, injury in that area. So that belt, it protects you from injury. If there's injury, it it affects productivity, okay? Um, And Leviticus, I don't have this scripture up here, but Leviticus 22 and verses 17 through 24, it talked about, you know, when you offered animals as well, that they couldn't be broken either. They couldn't have blemishes because all of those Animals were a type of the Lord Jesus Christ who was without sin. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank God that our perfection is in Jesus. It wasn't how perfect we were. It's how perfect he was to be our substitute, to die and shed his blood for us. And it's through Jesus' blood that we have remission of sins. Amen. And we're accepted with the Father, even though we had so many faults and failures in our lives. And even now, still you have faults and failures in your life. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, there's one third of you that's saved. And that is your spirit. Your body will get a new one one day and will get a new soul one day, thank God. We'll get a new mind, will, and emotions one day. But you know what? Until that, we have imperfection in us. But I'm so glad that the blood of Jesus qualifies us. Amen. Amen. And we're accepted with the Father because of Jesus. Yeah, all of those, yeah. Yeah. You'd have had to sneak away, a wig on. <laughs> if you look at all of us, there's an area in all of our lives that would disqualify us. But thank God Jesus qualified every one of us. That's why he's worthy. No one will be in heaven because of how perfect they are. And, and no one will be in hell because of how bad they are either. It's all got to do with what you do with Jesus. Amen. Right. It's all to do with Jesus at the end of the day. Then another thing about the loins as well. The loins talked about being um, prepared. You know, just talk these couple of things out. When the children of Israel left Egypt, they had to have their loins prepared. They were ready to go, in other words. And that's what it means. It means you're going somewhere. And um, when people were going on a journey, they would take the robe and they would tuck it into their belt. And that prepared them to move so that nothing would hinder them. But with a Roman soldier, they didn't have long robes. So they were already ready, ready to go. 
Um, but you know what? That's what it talks about there. And there's many scriptures that talk along those lines. Whenever you're, you're geared up so that you can go on a journey, so that you can go somewhere. It's talking about being prepared. Um, so when you gird up your loins, the same mentality of that is as well when the Bible says that they gird up the loins of your mind and over in Peter. And it's fighting talk. When someone would gird up their loins, it meant they were ready for fighting. They didn't want anything to be in the road. They would be tight in their belt. The nothing would be loose so that it would be getting in the road as they fought. That would mean they would be tight. That belt would be on tight. And it's the same mindset. We'll look at that same mindset when we look at the helmet of salvation. Because you have to gird up the loins of your mind as well. Because that means prepare to fight. And so you fight in the arena of thoughts. And the helmet of salvation allows you to fight in the arena of thoughts. So that you can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So when the devil comes against you with thoughts, you're able to arrest those thoughts and say, "Uh uh-uh, here's what the word says. But you won't be able to put on the helmet of salvation if you don't first of all put on the foundation piece, which is the belt of truth. Amen. Um, It talks as well, when it talks about the belt of truth, it talks about strength uh, in the loins and different things like that as well. Just flick forward forward to Proverbs, and I'll just use a a scripture for the ladies as well. Um, Proverbs 31 there. The virtuous woman, it says, she girt her loins with strength. And, her, and strengtheneth her arms. So when I'm talking about your core, it's talking about the core of who you are. Do you know, even, you know, people do muscle building and it's for their core. You know, because that's where the core of your strength is. And I'm telling you, the, the, the belt of truth is the foundation for your Christian walk. You need, to ha- you need to have that established in your life and that belt on. And I'll show a couple of things with it in a moment. Um... Praise God. And again, all of these things, it has to do with fighting, being strong and all of those kind of things. And you know what? That belt, it's going to enable you to stand against the wiles of the devil. I could go through loads of things here. I have too many scriptures up here um, tonight. But um, let me look over in John for a moment. John chapter 8. But all, all I'm showing is you, having your loins geared about with truth. What is your loins? You, you, you'll know what your loins then are. It's that midary. It's a part where you put on a belt. It's a part where you need to have your belt fastened. You need to know that it's around your core. It protects your um, reproductive area. Um, it, it, it protects that area of fruitfulness in your life. And it's a place of core strength. It's the foundation. It's the mid. It's, from, it's the part that's you know, from the mid down to mid up. And it's that, it's that core for you. You have to have it. And it's the foundational part that pulls every other part together and makes every other part of the armor of God work. So nothing else will work. You won't even be able to dress yourself in the rest unless you have this one in place. Now, I've heard many things taught on the armor of God over the years when you talk about, you know, truth and, and the, you know, it's the, your loins geared about with truth, a belt of truth. And I've heard many things taught about, about truth, but, you know, I've heard things taught like such as, you know what, it's just talking about living an honest life. And you know what, and, and that comes out of it, but I don't believe that is the foundation of, of the truth, Okay. Um, But I believe that we need to know that the word is the truth. And you need to have that established in your life. Now, look over here in John chapter 8. Because see, 
this allows us to deal with the wiles of the devil. So when I'm thinking about putting on the armor of God, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to narrow these things down that allow us to be able to deal with the wiles of the devil. How do you deal with the wiles of the devil? Because they can talk about, you know, living an honest life, but that's not going to help me with the wiles of the devil. Do you understand? When the devil comes with his tricks and sly, and yet living an honest life is good. But that comes out of relationship with God. It comes out of knowing these things as well. It comes out of having a life of integrity. But I believe you need to know the truth of God's word. You need to know that God's word is the truth. You, the, our generation talks about my truth. There is no my truth. There's the truth. Some people are like, this is my truth. Well, when, you, when the people say this is my truth, what they mean is, this is what I believe and that's my truth. And that can be anything. But the reality of it is, is that keeps changing in people's lives as they grow older. Some people have their truth whenever they're in you know, university. And then they get older and have a family. And it's amazing how their truth then changes again. And then it changes again. And then it changes again. But I'm telling you, God's word never changes. That's why it's the foundational piece. Now, John chapter 8 and verse 44, it says... Ye are of your father the devil. This was Jesus talking to the religious people. And he said, You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Look at this. And abode not in the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. Okay? He speaks of his own. For he is what? A liar. And the father of it. So when Satan speaks... He speaks lies. It doesn't matter whether he uses the word of God. He will twist it so that it is not pure word. It's just like I can take this bottle of water here and that's pure water, okay? All I need to do is put in one wee drop of David's Lucasade in there. Just one drop. That's not water anymore. It's contaminated, okay? It wouldn't matter whether I put in Lucasade or whether I put in, you know, Tyler has a, a wee protein drinker at the back if I put in one drop of it. It wouldn't matter if I put in vodka. It's changed the makeup of that water. It's no longer H2O, it's something added to it. Okay? Once you add to the Word of God, it stops being pure Word. Or if you take from it, or if you twist it in some way, and Satan knows how to do that. But look at what Jesus said in verse 45. It says, uh, it says, be, and because I tell you what? The truth. You believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not what? Believe me. Do you see, like, this is the foundation for everything. See, if you have truth, and you understand Jesus when he speaks, it's the truth. That leads then to faith. Amen. You see, if you don't have truth, you, can, you can't walk in faith. You understand? You can't dress yourself in anything else. You need to establish the fact that the Word of God is the truth. Now, when I say establish it, I mean establish it for you. The Word is already established. We establish it in our thinking that God's Word is true. Amen. Amen. Um, let me just um, look down here to, to John chapter 16 for a moment. Just flick on through there. Talking about the Holy Spirit here in verse 13, it says, How be it when he, the Spirit of 
Truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And where does He guide us to? All truth. Okay. What is truth? Remember, Pilate asked that. What's truth? The Bible lets us know what truth is. John 17 and verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What's truth? The word of God is truth. End of story. See, when you put on the belt of truth, you're saying the word of God is the truth that's settled in my life. End of story. The word of God is the truth. You're now starting to dress yourself in the armor of God because you're settling that, that whatever God says, that's the truth. If you don't have that settled in your life, you're not going to be dressed in the armor of God because you don't trust God's word, that God's word is the truth. You have to have that settled. So when I, when I think of the armor of God, if Satan is a liar, okay, and God's word is truth, when I dress myself with the mindset that God's word is the truth, end of story, if God says it, that's it. Amen? God says it, that's it. That's the mindset you have to have. You'll never walk by faith if you don't have that mindset. Because you'll have the, the thinking of, you know what, I heard people say that the Word of God is full of contradictions. And you, your belt just came loose. You understand? If you take that mindset on. Somebody says, oh, you can't, you can't trust the Word of God. It was written by men. No, the Bible says it was written by men under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And it's the Holy Ghost who is the author of the Scriptures. That's why He's able to lead and guide us into the truth and reveal it to us. So we have to have that saddled in our life. The Bible is not full of contradictions. The Bible says you have to rightly divide the Word of God. You can wrongly divide the Word of God. And another thing, you can make the Word of God say anything, just like you can take a dictionary and you can make it say anything. Because it's full of words. And that's why the Bible says you have to rightly divide the Word of Truth. And if you can rightly divide it, let me tell you, Satan can wrongly divide it. And that's why you have to know that it's the truth. So I want to just call out a couple of scriptures. I'm not really going into depth in anything this evening. I'm just trying to lay a foundation tonight. I just want to establish that the Word of God is the truth. And then I want to, I want to narrow in on that next week. Okay? But the Word of God has to be your foundation. And for it to be your foundation, you have to understand God's integrity. Which means God, when God says something, I mean, he's not changing his mind. God is truth. And God's word is truth. And God's word doesn't have one contradiction. Not one. There's a lot of things that I haven't understood in the word of God. And then as I keep going and studying, I hear somebody preach something and it just unlocks something. That I had problems understanding. And I went... Why had I not seen that before? You ever have that? Why? I, I didn't see that. Like I was listening to a man preaching the other day. And he was talking about Abraham. And he was talking how that, you know, when Abraham lied about Sarah and said it was his sister. And they went down to Egypt. And yet God still blessed Abraham that he came out of their 
very rich, out of Egypt. And he was just preaching. And this was like a message from about 30 years ago. And he just turned around and he said, you know what? I don't have a revelation on that. I don't understand how he laid and still came out of there blessed. I don't understand that. Don't ask me to explain that. He didn't understand that. Do you know what? I have a clear understanding now. Because I was the same way. You know what, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when I read story, I didn't understand that. And, you know, but until I understood more on the grace of God, until I understood that Abraham wasn't blessed because of how good he was, he was blessed because he had a covenant with God, and it was because of faith. And I didn't understand that back then. But you hear something and it unlocks the truth of something, even though you don't understand it. But you, I have it settled in my heart. For the last 30 years, I have it settled in my heart that God's word is true. End of story. And if I don't know anything, well then it's just either going to be a matter of time before I learn it. Or else, even if I don't understand it in this lifetime, I'm happy with that. I don't mean I'm happy that I'm not learning. But I'm, I'm content in knowing that I only know in part. I don't have it all figured out. I may have one part. Somebody else has another part. I don't have it all. You don't have it all. None of us have it all. But you know what? God has it all. And God's word is the truth. Amen. Now, let me just show a couple of these scriptures here. Because you have to establish this. Okay? And I'm not, let me just say this as well. Because this is the foundation. It's like when you um, put up a circus tent... They have those poles in the middle. They're the foundation poles of that tent. You take out those foundational poles and what happens? Everything comes down. <laughs> Let me tell you, you take your belt off, your trousers come down as well. <laughs> it's hard to fight for your trousers down. <laughs> but if you don't have that belt on, you don't have a foundation is all that I'm saying. It's going to affect how productive you are. It's going to affect, you know, having your sword and your shield and, you know, the breastplate of righteousness and your helmet. Because it affects every area of, everything becomes loose. All you have to do is knock somebody's foundation. And the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Your foundation is essential. Amen. Now, look at these couple of things here because this really is the belt of truth. Um, Psalms 102 and verse 25 through 27 is talking about the earth. You know what? It's getting, old, it's getting old. It's waxing old like a garment. But look what it says in verse 27. Talking about God, but you are the same. Amen. Let me tell you, everything gets old, but God doesn't change. Everything changes. Ideas change. Philosophies change. You know what? What's in today might be out tomorrow. Lifestyles have changed. People now think they can change their gender and all of those kind of things. Things are always changing in this world. Goalposts change all the time. But I'm telling you, there's something that never changes. That's God's word. Why? Because God is the same. Malachi 3 verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. You have to settle that. People change. Everything changes in life. We change. We're getting older. 
Things change all the time. It's a fact we're in this room at this moment. It's going to be another fact in a couple hours. You know, we're going to be sitting maybe with a cup of tea or snoring or whatever. Because facts change all the time. But the truth never changes. Why? Because God does not change. Um, Hebrews 13 and verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Did he heal 2,000 years ago? Yes, he still heals today. He never changes. He never changes. Praise God. Numbers 23 and verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. People lie. People will change their opinion. Well, you know what? We've all changed our opinion throughout our life on many different things. Or, you know what? We believe one way and then we believe another way because we change. But God does not change. Amen. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. God does not change. Amen. And God does not lie. When God speaks something, you can take it to the bank. That is the foundation of your faith. If you can't believe what comes out of God's mouth, you're never going to be able to trust him. You're never going to be able to have faith in him. If you don't believe that God is a God who does not change his mind. God's not saying one thing one day and saying something different the next day. He's not speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He doesn't have a forked tongue. Amen. James chapter 1 and verse 16, it says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Shadows change. You watch it, it changes. As because, you know, clouds come over, it changes. As the sun moves, it changes. But God is light. Amen. There's no shadows with God. God does not change. God does not lie. He, in Titus 1 and verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. Amen. Do you know what? When you have eternal life, you can take it to the bank. Sometimes people say you can lose your salvation. No, no chance. It's eternal life. The God who cannot lie spoke it. God cannot lie. God doesn't tell white lies. God doesn't exaggerate anything. It is pure, undiluted truth. You can take it to the bank. Amen. Romans um, 13. Or no, Romans 3, sorry. Romans 3 and um, verse 3. It says, what if... Some did not believe. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true. And every man a liar. If somebody says, I don't believe that, and God said it's so, they're a liar. God is true. I don't care if it's me. I have that settled in my life for the last 30 years. I'm wrong. God's always right. If it's an area. God is always right. God never lies. When God says, you know what, I will in no wise cast you out, you can take that to the bank. When the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, you can take that to the bank. The problem with our generation is we believe more in our feelings and our emotions than we do in the Word of God. I don't care how I feel, God's Word is still true. 
Amen. The Bible says you are healed. Amen. It doesn't matter what you feel, it's what you believe. The reality of it is, is that is the truth. That's the truth. Now, we may have things that are contrary in our, in our lives and in our body, but I'm telling you, the reality of it is, you see, when we stand before Jesus, he'll say, didn't I tell you? You were well. I've heard people say, I'm going to put in my tombstone, I told you I was sick. I never even let that out of my mouth. Sometimes you hear Christians saying rubbish like that. I told you I was sick. Let me tell you, if I died sick, put on my tombstone by his stripes. Because <laughs> that's the truth. I may not have lived up to it, but that is the truth. Because the truth does not change. Psalms um, 89 and verse 34, God said, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. And I'm telling you, God will not lie unto any of us. Psalms 119 verse 89, one of my favorite scriptures, was my favorite scripture for years Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Amen. It's settled. It's settled. You can base your life on it. Psalms 138 and verse 2. It says, I will worship towards thy holy hill. I will praise thy name for thy love and kindness, for thy and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In other words, what God has said, I've put my reputation on the line. When I say something, that is my name, my word, that is my bond. My word has been elevated above my name. You can take what I say. I am not like people. When someone tells you, I'll be there at a certain time, or I'll come and do that job for you. You know what it's, <laughs> it's like sometimes like tradesmen, you know, you know the story with tradesmen, especially having them work for you and different things. You know, um, they, they tell you, I'll be there at nine o'clock in the morning. Do they show up? No. Next day. What's that? Said it's a builder's morning. It's a builder's morning. <laughs> Next morning, I'll be there at nine. No. I'll be there at nine. No. Show up on a Friday night when you're a guest over and you're eating a Chinese or something. And Natalia would call. God's not like that. That's not God. God's, God's word is his bond. Because his reputation is on the line. Hebrews 6 God talks there in verse 13, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Look at that saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and I will multiply thee. And look down there in verse 17, Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. That talks about his unchangeableness. Confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable or two unchanging things in which it is or it was impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. 
Um, all of these scriptures, you know, in Matthew and um, the Gospels, I'll just read one of them out here, but they're, they're, several times they're written. Matthew 5, verse 18, it says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall, not, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Amen. Look in um, Isaiah 40 there for a second. I'm not going to be much longer here, but you know what? I'm just letting the Word speak for itself this evening. I'm not trying to explain or interpret any of these things and break the Scriptures up and all of that kind of stuff. But you can see God is truth. You have to settle up so that you can put that part of the armor on where you are established in the fact that God's Word is true. I can base my life on that. Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withereth, the flower fades, but the word of God shall stand forever. It will outlast you. And 1 Peter 1, and verse 25, The word of the Lord endures forever. And 1 Kings 8, and verse 56, Blessed be the, the Lord that hath given rest unto his people. Israel, look at this, According to all that he promised, there has not failed one word of his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Joshua um, 23 and verse 14, it says, And behold, this day I am going the way of the earth. And you know in, in all your hearts and in all your souls, look at this, that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass. Amen. You know what? God told me I'd bring them into the promised land. They, will, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Had God changed? Had God lied? Nope. It all came to pass. Amen. Everything came to pass. See, everything that God has spoken about the future, everything will come to pass. Every single thing. Don't be fearing about global warming and all them kind of things. Living in fear. People living in fear. You know what? The Bible is the truth. You can base your life on it. Let me just end by just saying this this evening. We have a saying in our house, okay? And it's Donna's, one of Donna's sayings, okay? Don will say something, and then at the end of it, she'll go, and that's the truth. <laughs> yeah? She'll always say that. You know, we'll be saying about something, and then she'll, go, she'll be telling you, where do you see this here? And that's the truth. That's how you put this belt on. That's how you know you have that belt on. Because when God's word says something, you'll go, and that's the truth. Amen? And if the devil comes at you with lies, you'll go, that's a lie. You know, the devil will tell you, you're not loved. That's a lie. Okay? God says, you're loved. I love you with an everlasting love. And that's the truth. Amen? See, that's the way you have to think. Nobody loves you. That's a lie. I'm loved of God. Amen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for me. Amen? Amen. God has shown his love towards me that when I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. How much more does he love me now? Praise God that now I can receive and allow you to flow your love into my life. That's the truth. See, the belt of truth will help you combat the lies of 
of the devil. If you don't have the belt of truth, the devil will be able to speak a lie to you and you won't know whether it's true or not. You'll live in either my truth or whatever. You'll go by what the world says is the truth. But when you know what the word says, you'll say that's the truth. Amen. It helps me in everything. A man can become a woman today. That's a lie. I, still, I love people because people need Jesus. And we all need the grace of God. And Jesus died for people who are lost. He didn't die for anybody who was qualified. But that's a lie. People say, you can't say that in this generation that a man's a man. What's your pronouns? He. Amen. That's it. Makes it simple. <laughs> male and female. God made the male and female. But you see, when you know the scriptures, you can go to that. Doesn't mean to say you, you hate people. I hate ideologies. You can go to the Word of God, you won't find any other gender apart from male and female. He made them male and female. What did he bring onto the ark? Male and female. There was only males and females on the ark. So you can base your life in all of these things. Prosperity is wrong. That's a lie. That's a lie. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's the truth. That's the truth. Has people misused principles? Oh yeah. Doesn't change the fact that that's the truth. Amen. I'm blessed. That's the truth. I'm loved. That's the truth. I'm going to heaven. That's the truth. I'm saved. Amen. That's the truth. I'm coming back with Jesus to rule and reign with him. That's the truth. That's the way you start thinking. That's the truth. <laughs> Man, that's the truth. You'll know when it is. See, I, I, I voiced that I don't know how many times over the years. And that is the truth. Amen. And so, praise God for Donna. And that's the truth, Donna, isn't it? <laughs> that's the truth, Donna. <laughs> Amen. And I'm going, to look, I'm going to narrow that down next week and look at something specific. Because I'm looking generally at the Word of God. The Word of God is the truth. All of the Word of God is the truth. I'm going to look at something specific in that next week. That will even help us even more. Amen.